Welcome to Wines We Drink, a podcast for wine lovers and learners. I'm Charlotte Norsworthy, and together with my counterpart, Keith Herndon, we'll be exploring a new wine each week. Keith is a lover of wine, and I am a learner of wine, and we hope you'll continue learning and sipping along with us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wines We Drink, which is our podcast for lovers and learners of wine. I'm Charlotte Norsworthy, and with me today, as always, is my co-host Keith Herndon, a certified wine sommelier. Charlotte, it's so good to be with you today, and a big shout out to our friends Todd and Angela Hurt. They're the proprietors of the Tap Wine Bar, and we're back in their fantastic facility today as we record today's episode on location. It's a wonderful place to relax and drink wine and talk about it. Absolutely. I mean, we're having a fun summer of drinking wine, and it's great to be back in our second home for today's episode. So extra special thanks to Tapped. Um, and our next three. It'll be here. We'll be here for our next three as well. We're closing out the season at Tapped Wine Bar. So, so far, you've introduced so many delicious wines this summer, and I'm looking forward to a few more. So let's just remind our listeners that if you've missed an episode or want to go back to review our first season, you'll find all of our episodes on all of the major podcast platforms. And for even more convenience, there are links to all of our episodes and our complete episode guide at our website, wineswedrink.com. So, so Charlotte, um, last week's episode marked a turning point in our wine selections for this season. We had launched the season with four great white wines. Then we celebrated the 4th of July week with a Napa Valley sparkling wine. And, and then we uh, enjoyed a nice Sonoma Rosé. Uh, but last week, we turned our attention to the red wine varietals. And we had this amazing Italian Nero Davola. I'm still dreaming about last week's wine, if I'm honest. It was so good, and it was fun to introduce that varietal to a lot of our audience who isn't really familiar with that grape, me included. Right, and and we had some fun uh, pairing that with some grilled hamburgers. So, Yum. you know, we had some fun uh, over that. So, you know, I've tried to mix in some wines this season that aren't that well, well known, uh, but today we're returning to a really truly mainstream varietal. Uh, we're going to open and enjoy a bottle of a really powerful, juicy Pinot Noir from California's Napa Valley. Fantastic. We're back in Napa and with a varietal that I love. Uh, so this is going to be a good show today, people. <laughs> right. You're not kidding. Uh, you know, the United States right now is turning out some absolutely world-class Pinot Noirs, especially in Oregon and California. And, and over the past year, I I've tasted so many good Pinot Noirs. I really had a hard time settling on the one I wanted to feature in today's episode. I mean, that's a good problem to have, <laughs> if you yeah. ask me. I mean, right. too many good choices. So which one did you decide to go with? And please tell us specifically which bottle we're drinking today. Well, I, I decided to feature a bottle of Pinot Noir from The Vice. Uh, this is a producer that specializes in buying its grapes from superior vineyards who don't want to necessarily be identified on the label. You know, perhaps they had an overage or, or whatever the reason. Uh, the Vice has created this business model around this idea of exclusive affordability. In fact, it even calls its wine club NDA, <laughs> which is a play on that business phrase, non-disclosure agreement. Oh, that sounds like fun. Uh, you know, yes, it is. I, you know, we don't know specifically which vineyard then produced today's Pinot Noir grapes, but we know that this 2020 Vice Pinot Noir, it's bottled under its The House label, came from Canaris, and that, that's in the southern end of Napa Valley, 
And as Wine Access described it, the windy hills of Carneros have been a gold mine for Pinot producers for decades. And it added that this bottle is no exception, describing it as, quote, elegant and explosive, end quote. <laughs> elegant and explosive. I mean, those are two really powerful words to describe wine. So what are we waiting for? Let's get some of this elegance into our glasses. Um, full disclosure, everyone, I was at tapped, a tapped tasting event a few weeks ago. I've actually had the chance to sample today's wine. So this is a rare, a rare treat for me to actually be on the knowing end of the sipping today. It was really delicious. It was fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to having it again. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Uh, I'm sure it will be as you remember it from the tasting. So I'm going to get some wine in the glasses. So I'm going to pour here uh, a glass for you, Charlotte. Yummy. And, and just to be clear to our listeners, I'm, I'm pouring this from a decanter. I'm one of those wine guys, Charlotte, I think you know by now, <laughs> who, who believes that, that most all red wine can benefit from opening up a bit. Uh, but you don't have to overdo it, you know, for a light-bodied red like a Pinot Noir. All you need is, you know, 20 to 30 minutes you know, Wine Folly, uh, which is an excellent uh, go-to resource for a lot of, of, of wine people that want to know more about wine, you know, they have a, a decanting guide online. So you can check that out if you're looking for advice about how to decant your specific wine. Yeah, that happened last week. I mean, when I saw the wine in the decanter, we first sat down to start the episode. It's tempting to jump ahead and talk about the wine. So I, I'm going to go ahead and describe what I'm seeing here after seeing Keith pour it into the glass. Immediately, it's a deep cherry red color. I mean, this is a wine that looks delicious in the glass. It's super inviting. And I also am now sort of understanding that elegance description. You know, you're right. This, this is an elegant looking wine in the glass. You know, I think it has that quintessential color we want to find in a bottle of Pinot Noir. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and before we jump into the tasting, is there anything else about this wine that you want to share? Well, you, know, you may recall that our Nero Davila from last week was a bright red wine that was unoaked. Today's wine, however, spent about nine months in French oats barrels, and, and you would expect to get some of the flavor profiles from this wine today that we associate with that oak aging process. Yeah, that's really good to know. We've done a lot of those unoaking and oaking comparisons this season, so I'll keep that in mind as we taste. Well, first, Charlotte, put your nose in the glass and smell this wine, you know, and let us know what are some of the aromas that you get with that first sip. For sniff, I should say. <laughs> right, yeah. We're not, si we're not sipping just yet. I mean, from the smell, it smells like it looks, and that may be a little too good to be true, <laughs> but it definitely, I'm picking up lots of bold cherry notes coming through. It's very forward. It's wonderfully aromatic. You know, I don't think we could have found a co-host for this show <laughs> with a better nose for wine than yours. You know, those, those cherry aromas are absolutely upfront in this wine, and, you know, when I do this, when I smell, you know, I'm picking up the glass now. When I smell, I also get a, a strong sense of some strawberry notes mm -hmm. that are underlying that cherry. And, and some of those characteristics from the oak aging, for me, there's definitely a smell of vanilla and coconut. Ooh, coconut. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm definitely picking up on that vanilla there at the, at the perimeter of the smell, if if. <laughs> you know, you visualize smells that way. And when you compare the aromas of this wine 
You can certainly get a sense of how that oak aging contributes to the way wines smell compared to last week's. So is it okay if we start tasting now? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go in for that first taste. Okay. Wow. Yeah, when you taste this wine, you instantly get why. That wine writer called it explosive. That first taste jumps on your tongue. And even while I'm talking, I'm, I'm, having, I'm struggling to talk because so much saliva <laughs> is coming uh, to my tongue. And so I'm having to go in for a second taste, I think. I think you need to take as many sips as you need on this one because it's going to unfold and develop some more um, uh, sensations. Absolutely. It's definitely, you know, I've just kind of described other reds um, in past episodes and past seasons this way, but it's, you know, sort of a play in three acts um, <laughs> when it comes to how the flavors unwind on your tongue. But I'm still really struck by how fruit forward this wine is. And I've long enjoyed Pinot Noir. It's probably my favorite style of red. Um, and this bottle is presenting all of what I like about this style. It's got the cherry. It's got the strawberry, like you said. And it ups the ante with some spicy there. I mean, I can't even describe, you know, even going past vanilla, I'm thinking like cinnamon, something that's got some more heat to it. Yeah, you know, I, I think with almost any of the Napa Pinot Noirs now, especially those from the Carneris area, which is in the southern part of Napa, you, you should expect to get those bright red berry flavors. Uh, but I think it's the finish in this wine that kind of sets it apart. And it's why I selected this over lots of other Pinot Noirs mm. that I was considering. You know, the winemaker's tasting notes call it a juicy finish. And, and that comes, I think, from some of the real minerality that this bottle has. And, and that really shines through. There's some real acidity there that keeps this wine fresh in the mouth. And, you know, it's certainly not a soft wine. No, I would agree. And, um, you know, as I was taking other multiple sips, I was noticing how nice it feels in the mouth. I mean, I'm going to use that word elegant again, but it's got a wonderful round texture to it. And then, yeah, that juiciness really comes in at the end. You were right about the texture for this wine. You know, the wine access site talked about a, quote, trademark silkiness, unquote, mm. that we get from Carneros Pinot Noirs. And I think this vice... Uh, bottle that we're drinking today absolutely delivers on that promise. Yeah, I think trademark silkiness is one of my favorite descriptions I've encountered <laughs> so far in this journey of mine. Um, and so I must admit, I was a little skeptical when you described this winery's shtick of using grapes from unidentified vineyards. It kind of feels secretive, um, but I'll live with a little secrecy in exchange for a very tasty glass. You know, absolutely. I think that's the bargain they want us to make with their, you know, with the customers, uh, with the house label. You know, they describe this wine as minimally crafted for the everyday occasion, you know. And, and I want to emphasize to our audience that this is not a giant corporate operation out there. In fact, it's, it's kind of just the opposite. Uh, the Vice is more of an entrepreneurial endeavor. <clears throat> it's run by its founder, Malik Amrani. He's a young Moroccan-born sommelier and his wife, Tori Greenberg. Um, you know, together, they're trying to build a brand <clears throat> that represents exceptional quality at an affordable price. Now, they want consumers to embrace their approach to sustainable viticulture and winemaking, but they want to offer wines that are also affordable. So, you know, I have to, full disclosure, I've never met Malik, 
but his online persona is you know full of energy. Uh, he seems to be enjoying himself in the wine business, and I think that shines through in the products that he produces. Absolutely, and I love the sentiment of sort of not being overly fussy about the details. I think that in our journey to promote sort of accessibility in wine and uh, sustainability, that that's a really great energy. And so, um, you know, talking, switching gears a little bit, you've mentioned a couple of times uh, the word affordable, which is one of my favorite words. Um, (laughs) So how much am I going to pay for a bottle of this wonderful 2020 Pinot Noir from The Vice? You can order this wine from The Vice Wine website at the time of our recording for $29 a bottle. You know, for a small batch wine sourced from a quality Napa vineyard, you know, I just think that represents a great price for this kind of a Pinot Noir. If you measure the price in relation to the quality of this wine, you even have a bigger value proposition in my view. Yeah, I mean, I I would completely agree. It's another great wine, a great value proposition uh, for the everyday occasion, as you said. (laughs) So this is a great selection for uh, wines we drink. Thank you. Uh, You know, it is another great value proposition. You know, we have three episodes remaining, and I'm looking forward to sharing some more great values as we close out our summer fun project. We have some amazing red wines on tap. Um, We are going to also end the season with a really nice indulgence. Ooh. So um, you've not disappointed with today's Pinot Noir selection as I mentioned, it's fabulous. It's a it's a fabulous wine to enjoy with you today. Um, but right now we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a moment for a pairing period. This has become my favorite part of the show. So hang on, everyone. We'll be back with some suggestions for pairing today's wine with food. Right. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Um, today's our ninth episode in our Summer Fun Project. So we are now presenting our pairing period, which is the part of the episode where Keith shares ideas for how to pair today's wine with food. Yes, yeah, Charlotte, this is a favorite part of each episode for me because I absolutely believe that wine is meant to be shared with food. And it, it's very, at its very best, a wine will complement a meal and, and make the overall experience even more enjoyable. And, and I think that's true if you're having a simple meal at home or, or celebrating a milestone at a fancy restaurant. There is a wine suited for every type of food and every type of meal, right? We just have to do a little homework to make sure we're making our wine do the job that it was intended to do. Nice word. <laughs> um, so we've been drinking a wonderful Pinot Noir from Napa Valley. What job was this wine intended to do? Well, uh, allow me to step back for a moment and and talk holistically about Pinot Noir, which can claim France's Burgundy region as its ancestral home. You know, I do love a savory French Burgundy made from Pinot Noir grapes, but the style we're drinking today, you know, really isn't that, right? The style we're more accustomed to getting from California, Pinot Noir is more fruit forward, right? Today's wine is bursting with that energy of the red fruits we mentioned, cherry and strawberry, and that's followed up with a nice mineral finish and some of that spice that you mentioned. So we need to keep that in mind when pairing the Pinot Noirs we drink. They're not all the same. Right, Right. not all Pinot Noirs are created the same. (laughs) Um, So how would those differences play out in actuality when you're pairing the wine with food? 
Well, you know, I think that savory burgundy is ideal with various roasted meats and what Food and Wine magazine calls the, quote, earthy mushroom dishes, end mm. quote. Uh, but I tend to lean toward pairing a California Pinot Noir like ours today with a rich fish such as salmon. You know, where there is some crossover, I think, is with roast pork. Uh, our wine today would go exceptionally well with a roasted pork, pork loin, um, especially one if you if you put a raspberry sauce with it or or some other type of a red fruit glaze. Ooh, yeah, those all sound like delicious ideas to me. Well, the, the makers of the Vice Pinot Noir have some fun on their label by suggesting that their wine is so versatile that it pairs with everything. Okay. Right? I'm not sure about that necessarily, but I do think this makes for a great everyday wine that goes well with a lot of different foods, and it is a wine that will appeal to a lot of diverse palates. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like it would be a perfect party wine, a wine that would appeal to sort of a wide range of guests. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you know, uh, Pinot Noirs are popular for a reason, you know, so all by all means, you know, find one that you like and, and featured at your party. And I think the Vice uh, House is uh, certainly in that category. Yeah. Um, I mean, speaking of parties, if I wanted to serve cheese, which one works with today's selection? Well, as part of our food and wine pairing, you know, I always try to have some cheese on hand. Mm -hmm. So during the break, I put some Gruyere cheese on some crackers. To the to this is for me this is my go to cheese for pairing with a California Pinot Noir this Gruyere so have a bite yeah absolutely I can smell it from here <laughs> so I will mm. so I have a sip of the wine to go with that cheese wow oh man yeah the creamy texture goes nicely with this wine and. When you suggested that I took a, took a sip of the wine after having a bite of the Gruyere, the flavor just explodes. It's such a great combo. Yeah, I think the nuttiness of the cheese, you know, complements the fruit flavors in the wine. With the Pinot Noir, I think the softer flavored cheeses like a Gruyere work best. You can also try a, a Telegio and as wine uh, folly suggests, you know, Brie and Camembert. They would work well for those who like the softer style cheeses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, those are all great suggestions. Man, everyone, we've run out of time for today, but don't worry, I'm going to keep eating the cheese and crackers. So <laughs> if you were concerned, I will keep doing that. <laughs> but we'll be back next week um, at Tapped Wine Bar for our 10th episode, Double Digits. Keith, can you give us a hint for what to expect next? All I'm going to say about next week is Argentina and Malbec, a country and great varietal after my wine heart. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to drinking again with you next week. Thanks, everyone. Yes, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Wines We Drink. Listen to our other episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Wines We Drink and on Instagram at The Wines We Drink. Cheers. Cheers.